you can't advocate for somebody you don't know. And I didn't know me. Ooh. I know. I didn't know me. How am I going to fight for me and I don't know me? Mm. Black women are tired. In a world that constantly demands more from Black women, I am giving Black women permission to join me in actively opting out of societal expectations that are weighing us down. The Black Woman Opt Out is more than just a podcast. It's a movement towards owning our freedom, reclaiming our time, and opting in to softer expectations for ourselves. Join me, Deandra Coleman, on this transformative journey as I explore insightful conversations, practical strategies, and inspiring stories that resonate with your soul. Welcome everyone to the Black Woman Opt Out. Today we have the beautiful, funny, charismatic, all-around sister friend, Tarkessa Colvin. Tarkessa Colvin is a devoted wife, a nurturing mother of four, including two adorable fur babies, and the affectionate gram-gram to her grand kitten. She is a highly accomplished MBA graduate and a distinguished master CEO strategist at T. Colvin Consulting. Tarkessa's purpose is to empower ambitious female entrepreneurs to transcend the realms of constant hustle and mere survival by implementing her transformative catalyst framework, enabling them to achieve consistent income and reclaim their precious time. With an extensive background spanning two decades, Tarkessa has been an influential mentor and coach to countless business owners and visionaries across various corporate sectors. Throughout her professional journey, she has made significant contributions in healthcare management and has earned a Bachelor of Business Administration in Management, as well as a Master of Business Administration in Operations Management. Tarkessa's impressive accomplishments include authoring and publishing over 19 books within a span of six years, earning recognition as an award-winning publishing consultant and attaining the status of an international best-selling author. Additionally, she has hosted a widely popular TV show with a staggering viewership of 4.9 million, which was featured on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire platforms. Renowned media outlets have sought after Tarkessa's expertise, and she has made valuable contributions as a contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and Addicted to Success. Welcome, Tarkessa. I'm so, so amped to have you and have this conversation with you today. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's kind of loaded. Okay. (laughs) So all the shiny things are got the degrees, master's degree, working on a PhD on multiple businesses, um, wife, grown kids, puppy (laughs) wrangler, (laughs) got a cat in there somewhere. Hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm the most responsible sibling. Like y'all see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like my mom's right hand. I'm my, my brothers are calling me about their lives. Cause I don't have anything going on. Um, <laughs> all of the things, 
<laughs> all of the things. Um, ultimately, I will say I am a very tenacious person, very driven. I've set business goals for myself. Um, I set career goals for myself. And then I was like, ooh, <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> um, and recently, I have just made the decision that I want life to be easy. Mm. Now, that may sound unrealistic to some people who are listening like, okay. But what I have decided is I have spent so much time deciding that life had to be hard. I had to do things the hard way, struggle, hustle, all the things that we know so well. And so now I want to make another decision um, because I didn't like the way it felt. <laughs> I didn't like the way it felt. I didn't like the way it had me feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the leaves. I didn't like it. All the leaves? <laughs> all the leaves. But how about this one? It got to be very costly. Oh, um, and I'm not talking about money. Mm. I'm talking about it started to all of the, the goals and things that I set were based on someone else's perception or perspective of me. Mm -hmm. And they got to be costly because they were costing me, me. And they were costing me knowing me, spending time mm -hmm. with me, taking care of me, advocating for me. Mm -hmm. And I've had, and you know, personally, I've had some changes over the past, I don't know, a few weeks alone. And um, I foresee there will be several, several more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me tell y'all why I love this woman. Uh, there is a such thing, I believe, as just kindred spirits. So Tarkessa and I have never met in person. We, I don't even know how we came across each other on Facebook if we were part of the same group. But first, so so this sister reached out to me, right? And she was like, first question was, Michael Jackson or Prince? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's easy. Prince. <laughs> like, okay, we can be friends. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say in a world where everybody's got an angle, right? I was just trying to have a conversation, right? Like I'm not trying to pitch you anything. Like I don't have to pitch you Michael Jackson or Prince, like, but which one is it for you? Right. And especially in the online space, it can be weird AF. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm connected to all these people. Let's see who I'm connected to. Right. And I think it was the best thing that I could have ever done because Mm -hmm. This woman, y'all don't even make me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Kismet at its finest, right? Because you have been, again, in the past couple of months, just so instrumental in helping me figure out my opt-out, right? So this is the Black woman opt-out. And we are both in that space of mm -hmm. figuring out what is next. So you said so many profound things in your intro, right? So you said decide right mm -hmm. that was the first thing that i was like oh let's talk about that yeah making the decision can sometimes be the easiest part of the journey or the hardest part of the journey uh -huh. right but right. having a definitive decision is a starting point to right. whatever is next so mm -hmm. when you said that you decided, right, that you just want things to be differently, what was that decision-making process like for you? So I'll be honest and tell you, I had a grieving process. 
Mm. Right. Because all of the things that I thought I had decided, whether it was based on other people's input or not, ultimately it was something I had committed to. So once I changed my mind, I made another decision. I I had a grieving process right up until like, and I know we're going to talk about this, but I had a corporate opportunity and I was like, thank y'all. Y'all have a good, (laughs) y'all do you. Don't call me. I'll call you. No, uh, (laughs) but, you know, even with that, you know, I had to I realized that I had to uproot some seeds that were planted that weren't my own. Yeah, that, you know, I was raised by boomers and they taught some things very strategically based on what they experienced in life. However, my life wasn't like that, per se. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it is, you know, keep your head down, you work hard. You, you retire from a good job. And then after that, you know, we don't know what, what happened with you. Right. Who knows? (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm doing that. It's draining me. Yeah. It's affecting me physically. Like I'm in my early forties. I shouldn't be taking a handful of pills every day. Just trying to survive. Ma'am. I shouldn't be walking and my knee just be like, Ooh, that hurt. Like what, what is life? Right now, I don't even have. I'm like, I can't wear flip flops. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't got the stilettos on. I can't wear flip flops. Oh, my feet hurt. Uh, I mean, just so many different things that are the result of my body crying out, like, "Hey, pay attention to me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you take care of me? Yeah. And so when I started looking at the impacts of previous decisions on me, I realized that taking care of me wasn't selfish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that was one seed I had to uproot and some reprogramming I had to do. And then I realized I didn't really know how to just tend to me. Mm-hmm. So all of these bits and pieces and realizations came and helped me make better decisions about me. Yeah, yeah. And. I'm better able to advocate. You can't advocate for somebody you don't know. And I didn't know me. Ooh. I know. I didn't know me. How am I going to fight for me? And I don't know me. Mm. Right. And so I'm like, I had to, I had to start a process of like checking in with me. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, no. (laughs) Right. Do you like doing that work or that business? Like I had a whole, y'all lean in. I had a whole business that I built and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like the way it's treating me. <laughs> I don't like the way it makes me feel. And yes, the money is good and all of that, but I am not happy. Yeah. So I have to make another decision. Yeah. True story, oh. y'all. True story. <laughs> because because I received a text message like, mm, I don't want to do this online business anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do it. And so then a whole series of questions, right? Because when you have good people in your life, they don't tell you what to do. They ask questions so you can dive 100%. further, right? So it was mm-hmm. questions. What makes you feel that way? How do you feel about this decision versus that decision? Okay, sis, well, that's what you want to do. If, if you're then cool, do it. Do what yeah. feels good to you and what is going to feed your spirit and your soul. So she was like, I don't want to do this business anymore. And and what you just said is so powerful. You said, and it's so simple. 
do what feels good. We're taught for so long that what feels good is wrong. Yeah. It must mean that we're doing something wrong if it feels good, that that is how we have programmed ourselves or allowed ourselves to be programmed and navigate like, oh, that brings me joy. That's got to be selfish. Mm. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you start deconstructing all of and unlearning all of the things that essentially, and it's very scary, y'all, I'm, be, I'm being honest with you, mm-hmm. all of the decisions that got you to where you are, you'll be sitting there going, I would have never dated that person. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never gave that person my phone. I would have never looked at that person. Ma'am. <laughs> right? Like, let's just be real. But my girlfriend was hooking me up and she said that we had so much in common and blah, 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 and all of the things. I would have never taken that Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. because it was so, so said it was a good job. Right. But as soon as I walked in, I felt that the atmosphere wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. But so-and-so said it was a good job. It had good benefits. Right. Right. I had to make the decision not to trust anybody else's opinion over mine. Mm, That's powerful. That's so powerful. And so, again, simple but difficult to do, Um, you know, because so earlier this this year, I was in this space of redefining what Mm -hmm. success meant to me. And Tarkessa said to me, because I couldn't figure it out. I was like, "Eh, it could be this. It could be that. I don't know right now because I'm in this transitional moment. And she said, what does success then feel like to Mm -hmm. you and I had to take a moment of pause because I was like huh now that I can identify I can identify what success feels like to me right but how to get to that feeling is the harder part and that that what does it feel like or getting to that feeling is being attuned with yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing yourself, right? But if we have all of these outside influences that for 40 plus years have been affecting us and swaying our decisions, or we're Mm -hmm. doing things because it's going to make somebody else happy, or we're doing things because we don't want someone to feel badly about their suggestion, like we don't know ourselves anymore. And so that was partly me. It was like, oh, I have this business because I didn't fit into the corporate world, right? I knew that world was, I tried it, been there, done that, eh, you didn't know, like it. <laughs> didn't like it. So I started this business because that's what black women do, right? Where we are the number one leaders of entrepreneurial journeys and all of that. So let me start this business. But then that didn't bring me the satisfaction that I wanted either. It, no. it added a job right? Which I was trying to get away from. I didn't want a job. It added another job on top of what else I had going on in life. And it just did not feel good anymore. So though my business, like you said, right, it, it was successful. It was making money. We were doing big things like, great, But that was not success to me. And I was lost. I frankly, I still am. Hell, you know, like I don't have answers yet. Um, but I knew my soul, like when I tell mm-hmm. you down to my bones, mm-hmm. the marrow in the bones was telling me, D, you've got to do something different. Like you're not going to make it 
if you mm. keep down this path. Like so you are going to implode, explode, whatever, but you are not gonna make it if you continue down this path. And so that's when I was partly forced, right, to start this journey of opting out, but also self-discovery in this opting out. It's it's yeah. so powerful. And the power comes from, you know, you hear opt out and people tend to think you opt out of everything, but you're opting into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the most, I mean, there's so much that I've learned on my journey and I'm still journeying. So don't think like, oh, she got it together. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's, it's ongoing. Pardon the interruption, as I hope you are enjoying this amazing episode of the Black Woman Opt Out podcast. This is just a friendly reminder to grab your opt-out swag and represent the Black Women Opt-Out movement for Black women everywhere. From hoodies to t-shirts, hats, and mugs, the basics collection of the Black Women Opt-Out is available now at theblackwomanoptout.com. And please be sure to tag us when you post your amazing pics and our amazing swag. Now, back to the podcast. And so one of the things just here recently that I realized was that I had these stories in my head of if I don't do support this person like this, even to my detriment, then they're not going to love me, care for me, be my friend, whatever. Right. And how much of our relationships are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not from an external toxic perspective, like these people never said that. Right. Like if I were to say, and I recently said to my family, like, I feel like if I don't take care of you, you don't care. And they're like appalled. They're like, you're a part of us. Mm. And it's like, you know, you immediately, the little visual of that story is shattered and it has no more power Mm -hmm. because that's the thing I was using to hold myself hostage to situations and circumstances that really weren't up to my standard, but I wasn't ready to look at that yet. So how many stories do we have that we've told ourselves, like, I got to, we all grown, I got to be, you know, the CEO in the boardroom and the freaking the sheets and I got to be a chef and I got to be, listen, I'm going to have to hire somebody to do something (laughs) because what I can't do, not your choice. Right. (laughs) Whatever you want to outsource. We can come to, you know, we can make a decision together as, as far as something's going to be outsourced. Right. <laughs> so I, mean, I had to get to a point where I'm like, I like to eat. I don't necessarily like to cook. <laughs> right. That so, you know, I like to put on the clothes. I don't necessarily like to fold them like I had to. Yeah. Yeah. But we were told, yeah. especially as women, black women, we had to do it all. Oh. And then it got to a point where we wore we're we're dragging this cross of having to do it all because big mama them did well big mm-hmm. mama didn't have the same resources mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. the education i'm the most educated i'm breaking all kind of curses you know just getting a phd in my family yeah. and so that's not comparing apples to apples mm-hmm. at all at right all. my you know i can go on yeah so so to that point, my sister and I, so my sister is seven years younger than I am, but she's still facing the same same things, right? And so we often sit down to be like, 
who cursed us? <laughs> like, like can we not on our side? <laughs> because something with the ancestors then got us here, and we got some issues. <laughs> like, we have this conversation readily, like, and we're trying to break these generational curses and all of this, right? But mm -hmm. the idea that, and we 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 say this lovingly lovingly mm -hmm. about our mother and and mom if you ever listen to this please know that it is not a dig it's just a reality right mm -hmm. when she says to us certain things like well you don't have don't throw yourself at every man that comes to you or by or whatever right you don't mm -hmm. have to date them all and it's like that's not what we're doing but we are trying to catch one on that bus because there are far and few between, right? So we're trying, we're trying to catch one. Or she says something along the lines of, um, you know, when 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 I talk about hiring a chef, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. I don't like cooking, you know, I'm not very mm -hmm. I can do it, I just don't prefer to, right? Yeah. Oh, well, how are you ever gonna, you know, keep a man or you know what? He'll be okay if we have a chef. Like I'm sure he'll be fine. My man, the one who's right for me, will understand, right? But it's this idea that we have to do it all, or we have right. to be a certain way. And right. what my sister and I talk about is like, Mom, you married Dad at 19. You were not 35 plus. You were not 40 plus. Still trying to find a mm -hmm. person to be your life partner. You married dad at 19, he came along, swept you off your feet, swept you out of that raggedy town that you grew up in and whisked you off because he was in the Air Force and y'all went to the Philippines to live. Now, then you lived in all New York. Things. It's a fairy tale. Right, he brought you all the things. You didn't work when I, when me, when, you know, my, I have two older brothers. So she worked when they were younger, but when I was born, she was like, nobody's raising my girls. So she stopped working. She was a stay at home mom, right? And my dad provided for the, the six of us on Long Island, New York, right? Where property taxes were $10,000 a year, right? My dad did all of that. Yeah. So you are not, trying to make sure you have a good education, right? right. You are not purchasing a home on your own. You right. are not juggling a career. You were a single mom for two years until my dad came along, right? And mm -hmm. then and then he married you. And so then he adopted your first son, right? So, so you were a single mom for only two years, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on year 15 right now, right? <laughs> it's not apples to apples, to your point. Right. And right. so there is this idea, though, of what is such and such going to say or how are they going to judge me? Yep. And, and it's so subconscious, right? It's not something that you consciously think about or are aware of for some of us. Some yeah. of us do actively say, oh, I don't know what my mom is going to think or I don't know what such yeah. and such. So let me do something different. But for me, I know it's not something that I consciously think about and say, oh, what is my mom going to say? Because on the surface, right. I don't even give a damn. You know, it's not right. something I really care about other people's opinions, but it's these societal expectations that just keep coming back around. Yeah. However, they're imposed on us mm -hmm. that start affecting us and who we are at the core. 
Check this out. <laughs> he said a mouthful. Check this out. In your story about your mother, you had a layer of lack. Mm. And then on top of that layer of lack is the fairy tale and the fear that the fairy tale is going to go away. Mm. Okay. Read, read right. me from myself right now. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Uh -huh. But the reason I can see it is because I've, I've been there, mm. right? I remember, so I was a single mom of two girls for 12 years before my husband and I got married, but we've known each other since we were eight years old. Okay. And so people hear that story and they're like, because I usually, you know, tell the little joke, like we knew each other since we were eight, but we wait a little bit to get married, right? Right. So my husband, those girls, he will fight about those girls. I can cook and see the part that y'all don't know is right now we're having this conversation. I hear pots and pans downstairs clinking because mm -hmm. Master Coven is cooking. Praise God. <laughs> Won't he do it? Because <laughs> your girl hungry. But here's the thing. We have spent a lot of time listening to moms, aunties, grandmas now, you know, women elders around us tell us the story of a Prince Charming that never came for them. Mm. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because when they talk about the men they actually dated we didn't hear good things we mm -hmm. heard some stuff we shouldn't have heard mm -hmm. and and from that was born some of the toxic things that keep black women specifically from connecting mm -hmm. don't ask her over your house she gonna take your man what mm -hmm. right <laughs> what? you yeah. don't get no man I, i'll never forget i said i want a maid and I had an elder in my family, elder woman said, don't get no maid, she gonna take your husband. What? Sorry, she's just cleaning my house. <laughs> but, and also the way that my mind works, I'm like, but is she still gonna clean her house? Right. She can take him. <laughs> I, like, house. I love him, but am I gonna have to clean? I was like <laughs> panic sitting, right? Yeah. <laughs> my processing is a little different. I love Master Coven, but my thing is, if she's so phenomenal that he has to whisk her off, what about me, housekeeper? <laughs> what about the agreement we made? <laughs> right? Oh, that's funny. But, but, but realistically, those are fears that they had that if they, all of that trauma, I had this conversation with my youngest daughter. And so I'm going to say this. And I'm going to pause because it's going to take a minute. Mm -hmm. The concept of working hard across the board is trauma from being slaves. Because if we did not work hard, our value was not proven. Mm. And, and we were not permitted to work smart. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that option. Yeah. Our only option was to work hard to show our value. Mm -hmm. And so once you realize, like, let's take it back to the days, because I know several of us are in different roles, but let's take it back to the days of um, minimum wage. We were talking about this the other day. Minimum wage was 525, right? Mm -hmm. Remember back then? And right. like the jobs that we would get for 525, and we were working our groove things off. Yep. Yeah. Right, people talking to us any kind of way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. calling us all out our names, 
and you're like, lady, I'm sorry they put ketchup on your sandwich. <laughs> right. Must <laughs> not be all those things, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so when you think about the situations just growing up, first jobs, because, you know, we didn't have the degrees in the education yet, mm -hmm. right? And my first job, I worked at a farmer's market. Mm. And so I'm like putting peanuts in a little bag and telling you how much it is based on weight. And guess what? I got some, got your change wrong. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be cussed out about some change. About some change. <laughs> right. And my grandparents was like, you are so arrogant. Mm. Customer is always right. I was like, that man just stood in my face and called me imbecile. I'm not. This, however, is not my lifelong chosen career. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at that age, 16, 15, 16, you don't advocate for yourself in a professional environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So seeds, but again, based on trauma. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We are perpetually, unfortunately, until like right now, Gen X forward. Yeah. We are not passing down trauma anymore. Not on purpose. Right. Right. We are 100% passing down advocacy. Yes. And that's where there's a disconnect from previous generations. They don't understand us. Yeah. And it's not, we perceive it as judgment. They just don't understand us. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's just, it's just different. And we are actually owning our shit, mm -hmm. right? Trying like my sister and I, we're talking about who in our line so we can identify it. Who kicked over an altar? What? Who, what has happened? Because we need to know who so we can figure out how and we can right. fix it. But we don't continue this pattern for, you know, for us, for generations to come. Whereas before, it wasn't even a thought about, you know, let me fix and, and break this, you know, link or whatever it is. So you're right. They're just different. They don't understand us. And that's okay. But... For our purposes right now as Black women, this idea of opting out of things that no longer serve us, and I know that's so trendy to say, things that no longer serve us, but it's giving permission for Black women to evaluate first, like take a self-assessment and right. say, like, what is it that you know, I'm doing, but deep down in my spirit and in my soul, I don't really want to be doing. And yeah. then figure out a way that you can either eliminate it or alter it, right? Like, is it something that needs to be altered or something that can be completely removed from right. your life? But the idea, like, we are just tired. We are tired. No, we're tired. 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 I'm, from, I'm from New York, so, so my... <laughs> Tired, right? Yeah. Like, but we we we're tired. We are. Like, we are. Like we're just done. And yeah. I saw this quote. Let me see. As we continue talking, if I can find it, right? But it was something on LinkedIn, and this mm -hmm. gentleman was basically identifying how Black women feel right now. And I was like, Yo, if that isn't like the perfect explanation yeah. you know uh, here it here it is he says bruh black women are tired of working 
I'm talking mm -hmm. doctors, lawyers, partner track consultants, etc. They want to garden, practice yoga, and start cooking vlogs and frolic. Yeah. What's amazing is that they are skilled and talented enough to do anything they want. Mm -hmm. They just tired. Let me tell you something. So at the time of this taping, yesterday was my birthday. Mm -hmm. My husband took me to the state fair. Yeah. I thought it was amazing because I got to be a kid. Yes. Like there was nobody in there that was going to ask me about their business. <laughs> what they should do with their resume, you know, is, is their objective okay on their, I, nobody asked me a thing. I got a stuffed animal over there. I've been looking at it all day. <laughs> right? I just, I just was. Mm -hmm. And even more than that, I had no idea where we were going yesterday. Mm. It was like t-shirt jeans. You might want to put some sneakers on. I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you hit on it earlier when we first started talking that I had a, a corporate role that I walked mm -hmm. away from. So a little bit about that and how that aligns. They started stressing me out. It started out as a contract and okay. I'm good at what I do. So they were like, listen, <laughs> you know, come on. And I'm like, okay, sure. It, it lines, it'll work until it don't. And then I'm out. That's what I said. But on the inside, once I committed, I was in it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I it it was about a year, well, it was technically seven months from the time they said, let me bring you on full time. Okay. That I was like, I'm gonna have to let y'all go. <laughs> when I tell you, because I couldn't affect change the way that I desire. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? I know my stuff. I've been I've been doing this. I just started doing it for you, but I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at systems and I see that they're not working, you know how I am about systems. The systems aren't systeming and mm -hmm. you making me work harder than I have to, then the duckets don't look right to me because I'm like, you want me to do too much. Mm -hmm. You want me to do things that the system should do if you allow it. Right. And so I had that grieving process because I had a plan. Anybody mm -hmm. else have a Right. I had a plan and I'm going to follow the plan. And so I, the grieving process was about, okay, I'm having to revamp my plan because mm -hmm. it made sense. Right? right. However, once I got new data, I had to change my plan. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because I know the majority of us are women in business that makes sense to us. So when I say new data, y'all stressing me out. Why am I here? after five o'clock talking to y'all right uh we trying to binge watch transformers in the other room i'm about to go <laughs> right <laughs> right when the when i got new data like oh my voice isn't heard mm -hmm. when i bring up that system's not working people say yeah it's been like that what when people say things like well maybe now that you're here it'll get changed i'm like if you've been here seven years I've been here yes less than a year. What do you think I'm right. going to do? Yeah. But what it was, and I people don't say this, but I'm gonna say it. Black women are constantly told nobody's coming to save us, while mm -hmm. at the same time, the world expecting black women to come save everybody. 
Yes. And that was about to be my next point. Go on. Yep. I, so with that, you know, you know, put the kids out of the room. I say that's bullshit. We tired of that. Mm -hmm. We can't keep going like that. If nobody's coming to save us, but well, we got to save everybody. Something, yeah. something, something ain't adding up. Math ain't no. math because we're right. about to keep over and we are. And that's the other part of it. I don't mean to interrupt your story, but that no. this is the part that pisses me off more than anything is that we are dying yeah. <clears throat> literally, literally because nobody is coming to save us. Right. We are dying, whether it's by poor health, whether mm -hmm. it's by our own hand, Right, but we are dying, yeah. and there is there is, you know, death by job. There is death mm -hmm. by health. There is death mm -hmm. by relationships. Whatever that yeah. is causing that decay of us, yeah. nobody is coming to save us. And so mm -hmm. this opting out is us saving ourselves. We've right. got to give something up in order to get something else, right? So, yeah. so yes, the opposite of opting out is opting in, but but this is encouragement to opt into yourself. You yes. have to. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it's me. not. It's not a one and done. You're gonna have mm -hmm. to opt into you over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, the day I realized I couldn't affect change, because you know, silly me. I want to change and fix things. And I want to leave places better than when I arrived. It's just the thing, right, for me. <laughs> but the day that I knew it was time for me to opt out of that situation, I was in the garage. That's my husband's sanctuary. And I was talking to him and I was, <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh, no, <laughs> right? And so what he said and y'all, this is almost 14 years of marriage. He said, now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> he said, but, he said, but the bills, I got bills. I got that. And he mm -hmm. said, my husband's former military, so you have to understand his heart. He said, so sit your ass down. <laughs> and I was like, well. I have been working 27 years. Look how I start trying to rationalize right. somebody telling me to my face to put me first. Yeah. Well, I had as if to say, well, I guess I deserve it. Right. I have right. been working 27 years. Mm -hmm. As if you need a reason. As if I need a reason. Right. Yeah. Programming. How, like, how crazy is that? As if you need a reason to put yourself first. When he ultimately just said, save yourself, get right. out. Save yourself. First, like, put come on. Right. right. And the blessing and the beauty of that is that you have someone to help you do that, right? And to, give, to give you that support, right? So that I you can. Always, though, D. And, and right. Even when it was just me, that's the sad part. I didn't yeah. have it when it was just me and the kids. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, God, I see what you're doing for other people. So, <laughs> like, that that was the point of that. Like, <laughs> God, I see what you're doing for other people. Okay. Yeah. Mine's yeah. Real soon. <laughs> yeah. That part right there. But, 
And so, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit to what you were saying, like your mom's like, you don't cook. I mean, I can cook. I can, right. But see, the partner I'm looking for, like my grandfather didn't even know what, I'm like, how does your house and you don't know what a plate's at in the kitchen? Right. What you mean? What right. you mean? Your gra- my grandma uh, visiting her folks and you don't know what a plate's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. Mm-hmm. And so I went into finding a partner, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the difference between what your mom experienced and what you and your sister and everything. You're looking for a partner. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're looking for a partner, it's like a funnel for our business owners, right? You might dump a bunch of them out in the top of the funnel and then you realize, okay, you don't have no goals and ambition. You don't have no plan. You don't have a 401k. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you One of the first things you said to me was, oh, bet you got your own business, next. Next. <laughs> Right. Right. So when you get so so as the funnel progresses, we know what funnel means, right? That's when you get those true people, those true rider guys who are like, listen, let me plan something and take you out. And you're like, thank you. (laughs) Tell me what to wear. (laughs) And what time to be ready. That's it. That's it. Right. And so the when I'm just putting it out here, when black women advocate for themselves, that's when we get all these labels. She a gold digger. Mm-hmm. 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 She money hungry. She mm-hmm. um, what is it? Clout chasing as the children. Yeah, clout chasing. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, all the things. First of all, let me just let you, I am the clout. So right. don't know to chase that. Okay. First and foremost, um, as the word is of prophetess Beyonce said, let me upgrade you. Right. <laughs> let me upgrade you. See, the thing about an upgrade is that you have already bought into a specific package yourself. Ma'am, ma'am. Right. Thank you. Okay. All right. I don't yeah. know needed that, as they say. Right. An upgrade means that you have already been in at some capacity. Not that we're yeah. starting from scratch, right? You gotta already be in it in order to be upgraded. Okay. Yeah. Like let's just let that sink in. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> she said right. <laughs> this makes but sense. see, these are all of the things that we don't get the opportunity to say because if we post it, say it, then all of a sudden, oh, you just uh, you need to get that man a chance. No wonder Wait. you're single. Fuck you. Wait. Sorry. No, 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 no. What you saying? Yeah. Because you're just trying to get him out your house, mom. <laughs> and you're going to push him off on me. Right. I'm not finna mother your son. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He should be thoroughly mothered by the time he gets to me. Thoroughly mothered. Right. Okay. I'm not mothering your son. And so if that hasn't happened, I recommend therapy to both of you. Because <laughs> it's not going to be me. Maybe family. Because I'm not, I'm not captain saving him. Just like he don't want to be captain saving her. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have out. <laughs> out. <laughs> these are the things that we cannot say, right? Out mm-hmm. loud. These are these are the kitchen table talks with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. wine or whatever that you, you know, or sometimes you can't even say it to certain people. That's you can't valid. even say these things to certain people. 
everybody has those people in their life where their deepest thoughts truly cannot be said because there is a level of, oh, well, you shouldn't say that or you shouldn't do that or what the fuck ever. Like, this is how, this is my spirit right now. It's just like, this is not your life. Mm -mm. And I am tired of doing all of the things that make other people comfortable. Yeah. That is- What about you? What about you, sis? Right. What makes you comfortable? What makes you just woo-saw, right? right? So so let's talk about, okay, so you and I have had these conversations about our opt-out jobs. Mm-hmm. I currently am working in a nursery amongst greenery and houseplants and butterflies fly through the, the uh, greenhouse sometimes, and sometimes there are dragonflies that come in. People bring their dogs in to shop for plants. There are two working cats. Oh, I'm not a cat person, but there are two working cats that you just see roaming about every now and again, watering the plants, letting the sun shine in. It's beautiful mm-hmm. because I needed to opt out of the corporate bullshit, the business bullshit, I didn't want to do any of it anymore. So I said to myself, self, where is a place that you can work that is going to be stress-free, that you don't have to bring anything home with you, right? You don't have to think about it at night. You don't have to go back and redo something. None of that. And I chose the nursery in my neighborhood because it always brought me peace when I went to shop. And it's been wonderful. Love I mean, it. it's been great. Yes, I am. I am, I graduated top of my MBA class. I am a black woman, well-educated, beautiful, intellectual, well-spoken, and I work at a nursery as a cashier right now. I get well, it. Listen to me. So I'm gonna take everybody back to the '80s. Okay. <laughs> we all watched the Cosby Show episodes where Sandra she went all the way to law school. And then mm-hmm. her and her husband decided they were going to open a wilderness store. And we was all like, that's crazy. Until we was in our 40s with all these degrees. And your girl right here, Tarkessa Colvin, I was like, yes, sign me up to roll towels at the Y, please. I will put them towels in the washer with so much pride and get them out. Yes. And they would be, and I would be, have my earbuds in. I listen to every playlist I got. I was like, I was jamming. I was okay. I didn't have to tell anybody what to do. And I would help the little ladies out of the therapy pool because they did, you know, therapy on their little hips and stuff. And they would be like, you're so pleasant. And I'm like, well, thank you. You know know why? Because I really don't have a dog in this fight. And what I mean by that is nothing in here is going to make or break my life. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nobody's depending on me to make the decisions for the budget. Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> if nope. if we run out of towels, I just let somebody. Hey, uh, look like y'all low on towels. Right. But my shift is up, so I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> let me count right. this draw real quick. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. And yep. I would come home and not be thinking about work. Mm-hmm. I could yep. be. It was the only, that really helped me understand how even though physically I would be at home and I would call it work-life balance, how my mind would still be at the office. Mm 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And my children be asking me stuff and I'll be like, huh? What? Yeah. 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 And they're like, <laughs> right. My son used to say, Mom, put your phone down. My, yeah. my, my son, my child, who's right. always on his phone. But used to, oh, I'm sorry. Right. I just let me just finish sending this email. It's it's us time, mom. Right. Right. Like and and so and I hate that. And I often I often say I wish I could go back in time, which of course we can't. But right. things that I know now, I just would do so differently in terms mm -hmm. of the stress levels and how I took it out on my son sometimes. Unfairly, mm -hmm. we all do it, right? Right. But our stories right now, ladies who are listening, you are listening to two women who are, who were, are at the top of their game. One was full towels at the Y and the other and happy. watering plants, right? And happy, watering plants at the nursery and happy. 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 I mean, not, I can't stress to you how I would be like, oh, I might hate to drive. <laughs> But I'm fine. I don't feel stressed from the job. Like it's not. Yeah. A lot of times in our roles, whatever the role is, whether it is perceived or fact, we mm -hmm. feel like somebody's going to die if we don't do something. Right. Yeah. Or, That's a or, lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure or it's the fear of judgment. Like, oh, my God, you're you have an MBA and you're working at a nursery. And I could not care less. Let me tell you, I don't care because the 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 goal for me, which I'm I'm pretty sure is the goal for many of you, is what is going to bring me peace, peace. and joy and tranquility in this moment. So this was one of the first steps of my opt-out transition, right? Like I knew I didn't want to do whatever I was doing before, it was not working for me any longer. It worked for a while and that's great. But once I decided that I wanted to simplify my life and when yeah. I'm, t when I tell you, I was like, I, like I just, at the time of this record, I just sold my house, like yeah. a whole house. A I didn't want to do it anymore, right? Like yeah. three levels taking me three days. If I were to clean it myself, and didn't outsource it, I would clean one right. level a day because I like I just couldn't do it all in a day. Right. So yeah. I this was the transitional moment in my opt-out journey. And working at this nursery has been glorious for my mental health. It may mm. not be as good right now for my 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 bank account, right? But it my mental health is what had to come first. And mm. I needed to find a place that just was a respite yeah. for a moment. Am I gonna be there forever? No, I'm not, no. you know? But it's it's a means to an end. And I think yeah. that so many of us don't wanna sit in that means. We just mm -hmm. wanna jump to the end. Yeah. But sometimes sitting in that means in the in-between time is what has to happen in order for you to gain clarity. And there's wow. no level of shame there should be no level of embarrassment about it. You should not let anybody come in and say, well, what, all that money on that education and it's wasted now because you're, well, you know what? I don't, I don't well, know. Also, you didn't help pay for it and you have no plan to. <laughs> parents help pay for my education, but I don't care at this point because you are not living my life. 
I'm still paying off student loans. Well, hell, so am I. Listen, you said two, some very specific things. Like, first and foremost, they're not living your life. But guess what? We don't live our life either. Mm. We don't live our life. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, when I think back, and again, I know we can't change the past, but who if I could, mm -hmm. right? I think about some jobs where they just took advantage of me. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> working in jobs where they're like, you have to stay late to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, I got to pick up my kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if you don't, you're fired. So you're, you, how do you, how do you put somebody in a situation where they're supposed to make that decision? Right. Who yep. does that? Yep. Now, later on, you know, <laughs> once you get, something happens when you hit 30, something happens when you hit 40. When you hit mm -hmm. 30, you know, you'd be like, okay, you can try that if you want to. You'll be mm -hmm. like, dang, I'm going to Right? And I got, but then I messed around and I, I got to a point where I had ammunition to advocate for myself. And yeah. so what I mean by that, remember I said most of us don't know how to advocate for ourselves because we don't know ourselves. I still didn't know myself, mm -hmm. but I knew laws, mm. right? So if I would have a manager, I had a manager, what did she say? She told me, I told her, I said, listen, the way you speak to me, X, Y, Z, it really impacts my mental health. And she said, oh, you can be fired for talking about having issues with your mental health. I said, you believe that? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. I said, is it written somewhere? Because now we got another problem. <laughs> right? Is that written down in a handbook somewhere? Well, no. It's common knowledge. And I'm like, well, can you tell me some other leaders who know this? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't even realize what's happening. <laughs> right. Because no. No. That's that's not <clears throat> accurate. The same leader who was like, I called you yesterday. Um, I saw you le left and I called you. I said, okay. She said, you didn't answer my call. I said, you don't pay this bill. I only have to answer this phone for COVID. <clears throat> and she was like, well, you know, whenever a leader calls you, you're supposed to answer the phone. I said, hmm. if that's the case, then that means the company would have supplied a direct line to make sure I was always accessible in my role. Thank you. And she just yeah. looked at me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I do this. <laughs> All time. So come on. again, it still wasn't about her, me telling her, who are you talking, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> it was about, this is what the law says. I, I was mm -hmm. advocating. I still mm -hmm. wasn't in a place where I knew myself well enough to advocate. Right. To say this right. is unacceptable to me. You were saying this is unacceptable per the law. The That's law. different. Right. right. That's very different. Mm -hmm. And so think about that and how we navigate things. Yeah. Like we don't, we want to rock the boat if we can find something in a loophole in their system versus yeah. saying, mm. like that. Right. Because right? it's, it's a sitting well in my spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so one thing that I want to make sure it's going to sound woo woo, but I've got to share it. And this happened in the last week for me. I made the big girl shift out of wish energy into mm. decision energy around my worthiness. Ooh, wish energy into decision energy around my worthiness. Y'all write that down. Yeah. Post it somewhere, please. Somewhere. 
Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there's layers to it. Yeah, wish energy. I wish this. I wish I were able to do that. I wish. Right. And instead, instead, make a decision. Yeah. Ooh. Because when something becomes, we listen. This is not new information that I'm about to give you. As black women, when we make a decision, it's law, baby. Right. It might right. as well be a law of the universe because it's non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. We told that baby day bedtime nine o'clock. Good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We told XYZ don't bring so and so to my house. Don't show up. Don't show up. That same power. I had to apply that to my worthiness. I was sitting in a place and I realized I said the bottleneck to me having everything that I desire in life is that I don't believe I deserve it. Mm. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, now that I know that, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. And so I started monitoring, like you said, I wish I could do that. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that would be amazing. That or this one. We've all heard that must be nice. Right. Yes. Right. But when I decided there is nothing that I have to do to be worthy, I'm already here. Mm-hmm. I'm already here. And so for the manifestors, depending on, you know, like I don't profess to be, I don't know. I just know that once I decided, yeah. things began to respond to me differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, my daughters took me out to uh, brunch. My oldest, they organized it, so I didn't. You know, you know how we can be like, oh, <laughs> I was done a little differently, but that's okay. I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would, I would. Internally, I'm saying I would like for us to sit in a booth because there's a lot of activity around tables. So I'd, I'd rather us sit in a booth. And so when we got ready to be seated, when they called for our reservation number, we went right to a booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I I settled in my space. I was like, that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go back and forth like, don't be a hassle. Don't don't do this. Don't do that. I was like, no, this is what I want. Right. Yeah. Locked in internally. I never even had to speak it. Speak it. Yeah. Oh, and that's so. So manifestation is a whole. Maybe we'll have you back on so we can talk about that. Right. Because that's a whole different. Listen. Now we can talk about metacognition. Mm. Oh. Oh Lord. We're almost at an hour. Don't don't get stuck. We go. We gonna have separate separate, and we're gonna need. Podcast, meta, what? Metacognition. Metacognition. That is a fancy way to say thinking about what you're thinking about. There is power there. That's that PhD coming through. (laughs) Baby, (laughs) listen. I'm using it. I'm using it. (laughs) I mean, I, I know because we have talked for hours and I will restate how instrumental our conversations have been and how beautiful I feel like this friendship is for never having met in person, right. but finding someone who just gets you, right? And and where you click on a cellular level, right? And and the you you guys have heard it, right? The banter between the two of us, the sarcasm between the two of us, like we just we just get each other. But more importantly, it's having that sounding board, that non-judgmental sounding board, and that safe space 
to mm -hmm. say, I'm struggling. Yeah. I am doubting myself. Right. Or this is where I'm thinking about going or what I'm thinking about doing. Let's can you help me dissect this? Right. So so I'm I am I am in the process of writing a book and I'll, I'll close with this story. I'm in the process of writing a book and I know that Tarkessa in her former world was helping people write their books and get themselves published and all of this. So I reached out to her and I said, sis, how much are your sessions? Because I need some direction as to how to go about, you know, writing this book. You know, I'm, I'm, this is where I am. This is what's going on. And she says to me, it sounds like you just need to have a conversation. Like that's not, that's not a session. That's not money. It sounds like you just need a conversation. And that's right. exactly what, you did for me. It was a conversation about life, yeah. which helped me then make some decisions as to how to go about writing this this book. Um, so I am I am so grateful, right? And we need to set something up so we can actually meet in person because we're living wow. like we're still in COVID and we're not. Um, so <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. But um, are there any parting words that you have that you'd like to say? Any other stories that you want Absolutely. to share? Of course. <laughs> so for every woman listening, I want you to think about the good friend that you are, the good big sister, the good little sister, the good mentor, the good coach, the good sponsor that you are and i want you to think about how you go hard in the paint for everybody around you how many times you've talked people off the ledge how many graduations you're responsible for just yeah. from encouraging words how many promotions how many relationships that you have cheered on from the sidelines and i want you to think about all of the energy all of the heart all of the just extraordinary compassion and empathy that goes into every single conversation that you have. And I want you to think about the fact that you deserve that from and for you as well. Yeah. So whenever you're facing a problem and you are trying to convince yourself to push it down, ignore it, think about your loved one. Would you tell your daughter that? Would you tell your best girlfriend that? Because you wouldn't. So the same caring, daring advice that you would give them, trust yourself in the same way. So my final, final words are trust yourself the way that everybody around you trusts you. That's going to be the game changer for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I, I know we can talk so much, so much longer. Um, and we will, I'm going to take you up on that meta, metacognition, metacognition, uh -huh. whatever, because I think that that would be okay. an awesome topic for us to kind of explore and talk about. So thank you again, sis. I appreciate you from the depth of my spirits. And you all tune in for the next episode of the Black Woman Opt-Out. But please, my parting words, I think, are going to be figure out how to move from the wishing to the decision. 
and make those decisions to opt out of whatever you need to opt out of so you can start opting in to yourself. Until next time, I'm your host, Deandra Coleman. Hey, Deandra Coleman here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Black Woman Opt Out Podcast. I want to encourage you or someone that you know to apply to be a guest if you are interested in sharing your opt out journey. We are always looking for Black women who are ready to amplify their voice and engage in meaningful dialogues that destigmatize opting out, promoting mental health, self discovery, and challenging societal expectations. Contact us at theblackwomenoptout.com, scroll down to be a guest, and fill out the application there.